Welcome to Close Horse, the podcast that has washed and dried so many Burt's Bees lip balms over the years that I now associate minty freshness with laundry and really nothing else. It's got a specific smell when you take one of those out of the dryer and your whole wardrobe has that smell. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm your host, Amanda, and this is episode 152. It is part one of a little tiny mini series about something very important, laundry. It's the year of Earth Logic here at Close Horse. And if you don't know what Earth Logic means, you should go listen to the previous episode. One of the key elements of Earth Logic is buying 75% less brand new clothing. And while that can mean, you know, shopping secondhand as often as possible, it also includes extending the life of the clothing we already own. And how we wash, dry, and deal with those stains is a big part of making our clothing last longer. The thing is, a lot of us just don't know that much about laundry and clothing care. We don't learn about it in school. I was one of the few lucky people who got to have home ec in middle school, and I don't think we learned about laundry at all. Maybe ironing, maybe. Some of us might learn how to do laundry from the adults in our life, but then again, they might not know either. When you combine that with the depressing fact that clothes in the fast fashion era are more delicate than ever, and they require a lot more specialized care because they are so delicate, well, it's a perfect storm of lots and lots of ruined clothing heading to the landfill because no one can wear them again. Laundry has often been downplayed as so-called women's work, and it is also seen as, and this is in heavy, ironic, infuriating quotes, unskilled labor. I say both of these in quotes within a lot of disdain because we know otherwise. For the past two centuries, laundry has been relegated to women, immigrants, servants, and other low-income workers. Of course, we aren't being taught how to do laundry in school. Because those deciding the curriculum, our governments, don't think laundry is important. They don't count it as job training or an important life skill. And furthermore, every time someone buys a brand new pack of underwear rather than running a load of laundry or ruins their entire wardrobe in one accidental hot water wash, it fuels more consumerism and drives more economic growth. In fact, Being unable to care for our clothing is a great, great thing for the retailers and brands around this world. Laundry is important and it is highly skilled. That's why we're talking about it here on the podcast. There are tricks and sort of like rules that you don't know until you have learned them the hard way. I have learned so many laundry lessons the very hard way. Learning the hard way in this case usually means a lot of destroyed clothing and linens. Yes, laundry is a key element of our impact on the world around us. Laundry matters. In early January, I asked all of you on Instagram to ask your biggest laundry quandaries. And wow, did you all have some questions? Ultimately, I received... I would say a few hundred responses, and I set out to answer all of them to the best of my ability. Fortunately, I have two incredible people here to help me help you. We have, first up, Clothes Horse All-Star and Halloween Queen, 
Maggie Green. You know her. You love her. She's back to help us. And Tracy Pride, a small business owner and mending laundry sewing expert. Tracy was a special education teacher for more than 20 years. And in 2022, she decided to take the leap into full-time entrepreneurship. So she and Maggie are going to help us answer your questions. I'm really excited for you to meet both of them. I'm not going to be doing a lot of pre-post talk in this episode because maybe this won't surprise you. I guess it doesn't surprise me, but it did surprise me at the time. We ended up talking about laundry for three hours. There was just so much to discuss, as you might imagine. Laundry matters, right? Once again, this is part one of two. And in today's episode, we'll be sharing our own laundry trauma. We've got some sad stories for you. And then we're gonna get into some of the biggest questions you had detergent and detergent pods, what's the deal, line drying versus dryer, shrinking, dealing with pills, and water temperature. We'll also share our advice, some of it coming from Maggie's laundry magician mom, Peggy, about the essentials you should keep on hand to solve your own laundry quandaries. Also, say that a few times, laundry quandaries, laundry quandaries, laundry quandaries. It doesn't really rhyme, and then suddenly it does, and so we thought... That was a pretty clever title for this episode. (laughs) Anyway, with all of that, let's jump right in to some laundry talk. You know, we have two special guests today. One is someone you all know very, very well. So Maggie, why don't you remind everyone who you are? Hi, everyone. Maggie Green here. I am also known as your fairy god thrifter. In some circles, I'm known as the Halloween queen. (laughs) Yes. But most of you all know me as the chief everything officer of Maggie Green Style, which I describe as an ethical micro business on a mission to transform how you see yourself. And I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to have you back. Today, we're going to do an episode that uh, people have been requesting for a very, very long time. And when I approached you about doing an episode on laundry, you suggested that we bring in another expert here, someone who is very passionate about laundry and extending the life of clothing, and that is Tracy. So Tracy, you're new. This is your first time here on Clothes Horse. I am. I'm brand new. You did do an audio essay, so your voice might sound familiar to everyone. But why don't you tell everyone who you are? Awesome. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, This is absolutely my first podcast. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Tracy Pride. Um, I run a small business called Pride Hauntwork, and my business exists to mend, alter, and enhance your clothing um, that is in need of some TLC. I want to make mending mainstream. It is becoming a lost art, and it's a way that we can really prolong the wearing of our beautiful garments and our beloved garments. My mission is to make clothing immortal at best and long-lasting at worst, and consequently, making fashion more sustainable in the process. I love that. I mean, that's everything we're all about around here. So I was telling the two of you before we started recording that you know, there are many different aspects of my life where I have learned things the hard way, but I would say of all the things Mm -hmm. I have to do on a regular basis— the things things that I have learned in the most hardest, epic fail way always come back to laundry. And we decided, you know, we were going to share some of our, wow, laundry gone awry, laundry gone wild <laughs> stories, if you will. Um, so Maggie, why don't you start? Tell us some of your laundry nightmares. <laughs> 
Okay, when I think about this, I am immediately transported back to like mid 2000s, um, early college days. I had gone with a boyfriend to Knoxville, Tennessee and stayed with his family. We did some thrifting in the area and I found a handful of like really amazing items. But one of them was a cornflower blue loopy wool skirt suit, like vintage with uh. amethyst buttons that had like brass trim. It was absolutely gorgeous, fit like it was made for me. I brought it home, and this was actually not my mistake. Um, my family member was doing laundry and offered to <gasps> launder some of my clothes. Oh, no. And sadly, when the skirt suit came out of the wash, it became felted, and it was more like, uh, like for the size of ouch. like a baby doll. I mean... Uh. A child could have worn it, which, you know, I'm in my 20s at this point. Like, there's no way it was going to fit. It absolutely just wrecked me. And I still hurt over that loss. So, yeah, this, I hurt, yeah. I hurt for you. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. That, that, that hits hard. That hits hard. Yeah. That's um, a rough one. <laughs> RIP, RIP to my sweet vintage skirt suit. I have never seen anything like it before or since. And yeah, uh, definitely learned that the hard way. Um, I have another one that was not really like, it is laundry related, but it like the outcome was not as a result of my poor laundry doing skills. Um, I decided to get creative and dye my hair with different, you know, products and household <laughs> oh, items. And so, oh no, oh, oh no. Yeah. I'm I, already, oh I know where this is yeah. going. Yeah. I had used henna and all different kinds of things. And I got really creative one day and thought, what if I do like a beet juice puree, like a beet puree? So I really wanted <laughs> I mean, that. Like, it makes you know, sense, right? Oh no. Yes. That like that natural red. I was just really excited. I hate beets, by the way. They're not my favorite food. Don't like the smell. So like, you can imagine I'm concocting this crap and it smells weird. And I've got my best bra on. I'm telling you, it was my best freaking like stark white bra fit beautifully. And yeah, in the process of trying to dye my hair, I totally stained the bra and it wasn't like evenly pink everywhere. It was just kind of haphazardly like sloppily stained. Um, so that was a pretty big <laughs> disappointment. I didn't inc initially include this in the outline, but I think it's really important for us to, I think we've all learned this lesson the hard way. It is so important for you to check the pockets oh, of yeah. the things you're going to wash. Um, oh, yeah. Even when you just like wash a tissue, it is just like, ugh, a disaster, right? Like getting that tissue off. Sometimes it's then all over everything you own for like the next six months. Um, I'm sure everyone here has melted a lip balm, possibly even taken to the next level with a lipstick. Um, I have definitely washed some Advil. Um, but perhaps one of the worst things I've washed, well, second worst, was a Hershey's miniature. Um, oh, no. And it was... It was the regular flavor, uh, like the regular classic Hershey's. And I'm not, I think someone gave it to me at work and I was sort of like, oh, I don't really like Hershey's, but I'm going to put it in my pocket and be like, nice. And it, I think it probably made it through the washing machine just fine because I didn't notice any, any wreckage. This was at the laundromat too, by the way. This is when I oh, had no. to use the laundromat. That's even worse. I know. And you know, those laundromat dryers are like extra, extra hot. And it was like, <laughs> When I took out that load of laundry out of the dryer, it was beyond, like, first off, the chocolate, uh, as you're probably expecting, had melted all over every single thing in there. It was, like, liquefied. 
but it also yes. burned me. It burned my oh. hand because it was like a boiling chocolate. I'm sure there's oh. all kinds of like oil in there. So it was just like uh, so hot. I'm surprised like I didn't start a fire at the laundromat. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. Nothing that was in that load ever fully, ever fully had the stain removed. It was like, fortunately, I guess it was very little clothing and mostly like sheets. And so I just had to be that person with chocolate stained sheets. For the rest it, cooked, of time. it cooked it in you cooked it in yeah it was it was in forever oh. uh very traumatic that's painful damn what about you that's tracy painful. tell us a sad okay. story this is a sad one it, it was kind of fixed so when i was pregnant with my firstborn um i had gotten this um it was like one of the only expensive things i got i'd gotten this tank top and cardigan light yellow sweater set and um the first day i wore it to school because I used to be a teacher. Um, the first day I wore it to school, before school even started, I dropped a red Sharpie down the front of me. Oh, and of no. course, uh -huh, red Sharpie on pale yellow. Of course, it completely streaked all the way down the front. Um, and I wasn't even about to touch that. And I took it to a dry cleaner. This was, you know, 21 plus 21 years ago. And I took it to the dry cleaner and um, they were mostly able to get it out so that I could still Ooh, wear it. Okay, but that's yeah, good. Yeah, but of course that's all chemicals and solvents. But at the mo at the time, I was I was pleased I could at least still wear that because <laughs> maternity clothes aren't cheap. No, Not cheap. they're so <laughs> expensive. They are so yeah. expensive. I'm glad they could get it out. You know, like we're gonna talk a lot about uh, dry cleaning later in the episode because that was one of the yes. biggest questions I received. But they do have their use, you know, and sometimes they can get the things that you thought would never come out. I'm I'm yeah. amazed because I thought Sharpie was one of those things you had to live oh. with forever. Oh, same. And there was a faint, you know, there was a faint trace of it, but you wouldn't have seen it if you weren't like really looking for it. So mm -hmm. that was good, at least. That was good. That's at least. great. That's great. And you were talking about like you were mentioning um washing, you know, something when you got tissue because, you know, that tissue goes everywhere. Can we just talk about throwing something in that belonged to your pets oh yes okay Mistake, mistakes are made frequently because we are a pet friendly household <laughs> and my will will somebody will accidentally throw some blanket or something and then it's it's all over it's all over <laughs> for these hoes because it, it's it's on everything everything yeah no this this is true i uh i have a cat it's actually a dog bed but the cats use it and one time like about a year ago i washed it even with just towels and I thought, uh -huh. like, yeah, what's the worst thing wrong? Yeah, it was don't disgusting. Do it. I was like, the next day, so I don't wash my face with, like, face soap or anything like that. I do this thing where mm -hmm. I clean it with oil, and then I use, like, a washcloth to sort of, like, scrape off all the oil and clean yeah. my face. And in the morning, I just take a washcloth and make, you know, make it warm and just wipe my face off. That's it. And I pulled one out in the morning, and it had, like, oh, globs, like, globs oh. of cat hair on it. They were, like, oh, a knot. No. You know, they, they were, like, knotted into the fibers mm -hmm. of the... Yeah, so mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, yeah, ma'am, 99% of laundry issues stem from us just all being in a big hurry because we have too much yep. to do. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. It's totally. True. Okay, I know you got more sad stories, Maggie, so lay them on us. Yeah, so this one started off sad, but it had a happy ending. Okay, good. Um, And I have another one like that, too. And th this is actually... It relates to Tracy, which is kind of cool. Uh -huh. um, oh, so, great. I was thinking of I was thinking of this one. Yes, Tracy made for me a custom pussy bow blouse out of this beautiful 
like we um we had it custom printed it's on this beautiful cotton lawn material literally the first day that i styled it it had been hanging in my closet for a week or so i'm like what am i gonna wear it with the first freaking day that i wore it, it's like white background with rainbow polka dots (laughs) i was just like going on about my regular day and i happened to look down and i noticed like this is an, an upcycling story backstory as well the desk in my room like the desk that i always use is a vintage metal tanker desk that I Mm -hmm. like re resurfaced repainted and I've never had this problem before, but there's like a plastic trim on it that I also painted. And apparently as I was sitting at my desk, just (sighs) working doing my thing, it just like rubbed off on like the belly area of the blouse. I I totally remember when you texted me pictures, (sighs) I was like, no, well, and I was just like, I was baffled because I was like, what the hell is green, right? Like, how could yeah, this happen? Right. It's in a really weird uh-huh. spot. So I figured it out, you know, down to my desk, figured it out. I have since put a strip of duct tape in that area so that it will never happen again. Um, Good. But I think we ended up using, there's a couple of <laughs> a couple of things I ended up using. Hairspray and like some vigorous scrubbing ultimately mm-hmm. got it out for the most part there's still like a faint faint stain but i was devastated and of course i had to tell tracy i'm like i'm so sorry <laughs> i know you just made this for me and it's absolutely gorgeous and look what happened help me oh. <laughs> so, but you fixed it it was a yes. happy ending it that was is a, a very happy, happy ending. ending you know it's funny how i mean it really speaks to uh what hairspray is that hairspray can be such an effective stain remover for like really like chemically things yeah Mm -hmm. you know i haven't used hairspray in a really really long time but at my high school in rural pennsylvania people had mall bangs like through the entire 20th century like they probably still do and uh there was a special section in our locker room for spraying hairspray because you know the girls were just like (laughs) With the Aquanet, right? Just like Ruthless. spraying it so Ruthless. hard, backcombing, spraying it again, backcombing it. I remember once I was accosted coming out of biology because someone thought I would look really cute with hair like that. And I remember being in the cloud of it and all the backcombing and then people being like, oh my God, you look so hot. Oh, wow. <laughs> no such thing as too much volume, right? Yeah. Nope. Uh, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, anyway, so yeah, hairspray is like one of those things like, wow it's mysterious because it will like it's a solvent you know it will get rid of some stuff thankfully it was acrylic paint so it wasn't like an oil base so it had that working in my favor um yeah we we got really creative it's like what are the things that we can try to make this work Mm -hmm. at that point it's like you've got nothing to lose so you have to try everything you know yep yeah otherwise the garment is just trashed you know yeah yeah and that's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous one little spot but like you know, when it's something dressy like the like Maggie's blouse, you know, it's yeah. kind of got to look a certain way. I have a similar story, um, except it was not successful. Um, one of the jobs I've had in the past, you know, like I do a lot of uh, visual stuff for retail. And I had a paint pen in my pocket of my overalls. And it was like silver oh, paint gosh. pen that I was drawing on the windows with. It was like this really intricate, like lace design. So you would look through the window and then there'd be clothes behind it. You know, it was very lovely. And to be honest, I kind of thought the paint pen might be like p- coming pretty close to being done. But clearly I was wrong because 
once again, check your pockets. I, you know, took through my overalls in the wash of the other week, you know, another laundromat story. I'm getting like 86 from laundromats at some point. Um, and <laughs> I threw it in. It was like one of those big front loading washers. So it was like a tunnel. I was just like jamming it in. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Let's get this laundry done. Um, and the cap came off the pen in the washer and bled the whole way down the pants. Um, oh. Fortunately, barely got on anything else. Thank God. I, I, it's like the the denim of the overalls like soaked it up. But you know, overalls are really expensive, whether they're new mm-hmm. or secondhand. And finding the perfect pair, especially secondhand, is like one of those things you have to like look for. It's like an epic. It takes years, right? Um, and so then for the rest of time, I had this horrible. At first, it was silver, but then over time, it turned, I'm going to be honest, like a reddish brown. It totally looked like blood that bled down the pocket, down the crotch, down the center of the one leg. Um, So Mm. I just always look like I had really epic menstrual drama, but it was just a a pen. And it, like, never faded. If anything, it became more blood-like over time. (laughs) Note to self when using paint pens. (laughs) Yes. Because I think they are another one that's, like, made of, like, some really weird stuff. Like, there's weird solvents and stuff in there to keep them liquid, to keep them throwing through a pen so they don't dry up, all that stuff. And I think that, like, something happened in the process of being washed that actually made it change color to, like, reddish-brown. Ah, so gross. Probably, yeah. yeah. At least it never went through the dryer. That would have probably taken it to the next level and all my clothes would have been ruined. But it was, it it, like would not come out despite, I literally, it was another like, I've got nothing to lose. Let's just do this. I was there with nail polish remover and a Brillo pad and anything I could find around my house. It just, it was too late. I, okay, that makes me think of more. So I don't have a specific garment that I can tell you about because I taught for 22 years. So I just have the horror of this probably more than once. But um, (laughs) if if anyone's ever, two things actually that are teacher related. Uh, One would be washing crayons and drawing crayons. Yes. That's a classic. Yeah. Right. Can we please talk about fucking dry erase markers? Tell us. I can only imagine. They don't come out. I have, that's one thing I will say. I have never, 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 never found a a, a treatment for a dry erase marker on clothing. And I'll tell you what, it ruined a lot of mine. (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. Um, Wow. These are like some really brutal stories. I know you have more, Maggie. So tell us all about it. Yes. Okay. This one really hurts. Um, Mm. It's, it's a wound that's in the process of healing. Um, it so I'll just call it my my best ditto dress, right? I have a couple of best ditto dresses. Uh, both were sourced secondhand. This particular one was one of my very first Poshmark purchases ever, and I think to date is it's like the most I've ever spent on a single secondhand garment. So it was like an investment wow. piece. Wow. Okay. Okay. Beautiful, one of a kind. And when I say one of a kind, I have literally been hunting. It does not exist anywhere else in the world. Like the collection is defunct now. Um, I can only find it in a different colorway and like three sizes too big. Anyway, so it's this beautiful, beautiful dress. It's got like so many cool style elements, like puff sleeves, and there's like this cool grow grain ribbon detail down the center and this woven collar, like elaborate basket weave kind of collar. 
um, in a dead stock blue polyester blend fabric that I've, again, I've never seen in my life. It was great. Um, anyway, I have had it for years and I've worn it. I call it my best thrifted dress. Mm -hmm. And back to what you said about like, you know, we get in a hurry or we lose track of time or whatever it is when we're like assembling the load for laundry. I threw it in up to that point. I'd only been spot treating it. Right. Or like hand washing it and line drying. I put it in the washer. I pulled it out and it was immediately evident that like every, almost every single seam from the waistband to the side seams and the lining and the armpits, all of it was just like shredded Completely I can blown oh, out. Oh no! I'm sitting here vigorously nodding my head because I have had my hands on that item. Oh, <laughs> it so is like shredded, like nothing, nothing I've ever seen. Naturally, I cried, and it's still like it get, gets me teary-eyed thinking about it now because it's not the kind of item that can be replaced. Right. And there wasn't really enough seam allowance to like reconstruct it and oh, have it fit like the original. Nope. So. Again, I reached out to Tracy. I'm like, I'm, I'm desperate. And this is actually too painful, like for me to try to come up with solutions. So I, I gave it to her. She took, <laughs> took custody over it. And, <laughs> um, we have since found like a secondhand fabric remnant and we're just recreating it using the original as a pattern. So we're basically cloning it. We're going to be yep. able to use the original grow green details and the woven collar. Yeah, it couldn't be salvaged, and it's yeah, it, it really hurts. <laughs> and I can salvage stuff, believe you me. But because of the texture on the fabric, darning wasn't even an option. Because I mean, I could have darned the heck out of that, but it wasn't mm. even an option. So yeah, that was a really heartbreaking one. I I feel Maggie's pain because it's such a cool, 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 cool dress. I'll have to share uh, pictures when the episode comes out. I can post it in my stories. Um, devastating. Maybe, oh my God. Maybe the replacement will be done by then. And you can see like, here's where we started with a pile of scraps and shredded. I know somebody who can make that happen. You think, I know you think somebody so? who can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I do. Yeah. I do. So sad. So sad. I mean, it's like these things will make you cry. I I have a lot of trust issues around laundry at this point um, where I just don't. <laughs> Like in my house ho household, whether I was single or now, you know, have been married now for six years, I still control the laundry because I lived with a partner after college and, you know, in college. Okay. So I had been working at Urban Outfitters part time in college, like, you know, sales associate. And, you know, they didn't even pay me enough to afford an article of clothing from that store, even with my discount. And there was this sweater that we had there that was a fair isle sweater. It was totally a knockoff of a vintage, like a cardigan and, you know, a buttoned up and it was navy blue with like the fair isle design and like white and red, you know, classic. And I wanted that sweater so badly because it was so like Drew Barrymore to me and I was like obsessed with it, but it was like $88 <laughs> and with my discount, I still couldn't afford it. And I only got paid $6 an hour. So like, what was it? I couldn't afford it. Um, and I was thrifting like, a, you know, a year later and I found like basically what was the original inspiration for it. And it, obviously it was like infinitely better. Right. And I love that sweater. I wore it like every single day. And unfortunately my partner did the laundry and basically <sighs> boiled it. And it was like doll sized. And oh. it was one of those like big tests of like my 
my ability to be mature in the face of <laughs> of like abject just disappointment, you know? And yes. uh, you know, I didn't yell but i did cry privately and i just felt like okay the best thing that can happen is i can never let someone do my laundry again yeah Mm -hmm. lesson Um, learned and one time he said hey you never wear that sweater anymore and i was like oh "Oh, yeah that's me why let me go get it and it was like i mean it was like a cabbage patch kid sweater you know that's the saddest yeah and he was like what'd you do to it and i was like oh well you know it just got washed wrong and i like left it at that but i felt like that was me becoming an adult you know i don't know (laughs) if i would have been so graceful (laughs) i just don't know if i would have been that graceful about it yeah kudos to you yes it's pretty tough um okay does anybody have any other laundry nightmares they want to share i don't think i can take anymore Okay. I know, right? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty devastating. I feel like we need to like take five minutes to like cry or something. A little trauma break. Can we have a little trauma break? Right. right. <laughs> Laundry trauma break. <laughs> Let's take a moment to thank some of the incredible small businesses who keep Clothes Horse going via their generous Patreon support. Selena Sanders, a social impact brand that specializes in upcycle clothing using only reclaimed vintage or thrifted materials from tea towels, linens, blankets, and quilts. Sustainably crafted in Los Angeles, each piece is designed to last in one's closet for generations to come. Maximum style, minimal carbon footprint. Shift clothing out of beautiful Astoria, Oregon, with a focus on natural fibers, simple hardworking designs, and putting fat people first. Discover more at shiftwheeler.com. Late to the party, creating one-of-a-kind statement clothing from vintage, salvaged, and thrifted textiles. They hope to tap into the dreamy memories we all hold. Floral curtains, a childhood dress, the wallpaper in your best friend's rec room all while creating modern, sustainable garments that you'll love wearing and have for years to come. Late to the Party is passionate about celebrating and preserving textiles, the memories they hold, and the stories they have yet to tell. Check them out on Instagram at Late to the Party People. Vino Vintage, based just outside of LA. We love the hunt of shopping secondhand because you never know what you might find. Catch us at flea markets around Southern California by following us on Instagram at vino.vintage so you don't miss our next event. Gabriella Antonis is a visual artist and an ethical trade fashion designer. But Gabriella is also a radical feminist micro business. She's the one woman band trying to help you understand why slow fashion is what the earth needs. The one woman band to help you build your own brand. She can take your fashion line from just a concept and do your sketches, pattern making, grading, sourcing, cutting, and sewing. The second option is for those who aren't trying to start a business and who just want ethical garments. Gabriella Antonis will create custom made to measure garments just for you. Her goal is to help one person of any size at a time, including beyond size 40. To inquire about this serendipitous intersectional offering of either concept, DM her on Instagram to book a consultation. Please follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Gabriella Antonis. And that's Gabriella with one L. Gotta get that spelling right. Dylan Page is an online clothing and lifestyle brand based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Our products are chosen with intention for the conscious community. Everything we carry is animal-friendly, ethically made, sustainably sourced, and cruelty-free. 
Dylan Page is for those who never stop questioning where something comes from. We know that personal experience dictates what's sustainable for you, and we are here to help guide and support you to make choices that fit your needs. Check us out at dylanpage.com and find us on Instagram at dylanpagelifeandstyle. Salt Hats, purveyors of truly sustainable hats, hand-blocked, sewn, and embellished in Detroit, Michigan. Find us on Instagram at Salt Hats. Gentle Vibes Vintage. We are purveyors of polyester and psychedelic relics. We encourage experimentation and play not only in your wardrobe, but in your home too. We have thousands of killer vintage pieces ready for their next adventure. See them all on Instagram at Gentle Vibes Vintage. Thumbprint is Detroit's only fair trade marketplace located in the historic Eastern Market. Our small business specializes in products handmade by empowered women in South Africa, making a living wage, creating things they love like hand-painted candles and ceramics. We also carry a curated assortment of sustainable and natural locally made goods. Thumbprint is a great gift destination for both the special people in your life and for yourself. Browse our online store at thumbprintdetroit.com and find us on Instagram at thumbprintdetroit. High Energy Vintage is a fun and funky vintage shop located in Somerville, Massachusetts, just a few minutes away from downtown Boston. They offer a highly curated selection of bright and colorful clothing and accessories from the 1940s to the 1990s for people of all genders. Husband and wife duo Wiley and Jessamy handpick each piece for quality and style with a focus on pieces that transcend trends and will find a home in your closet for many years to come. In addition to clothing, the shop also features a large selection of vintage vinyl and old school video games. Find them on Instagram at High Energy Vintage, online at highenergyvintage.com, and at markets in and around Boston. Vagabond Vintage DTLV is a vintage clothing, accessories, and decor reselling business based in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Not only do we sell in Las Vegas, but we're also located throughout resale markets in San Francisco, as well as at a curated boutique called Lux and Ivy located in Indianapolis, Indiana. Jessica, the founder and owner of Vagabond Vintage DTLV, recently opened the first IRL location located in the Arts District of downtown Las Vegas on August 5th. The shop has a strong emphasis on 60s and 70s garments, single-stitch tees, and dreamy loungewear. Follow them on Instagram at Vagabond Vintage DTLV and keep an eye out for their website coming fall of 2022. Okay, so, you know, to get ready for this episode, I actually, you know, got on, got on the horn and asked all of the members of the Close Force community on Instagram to share their laundry questions, their laundry quandaries, if you will. And we're going to do our best to answer a lot of those questions in this episode and in, you know, the second half of it as well. And, you know, I will say that a lot of you had the same concerns, which was great because then we were able to, like, you know solve a lot of problems all at once but i thought we would get started about like the kind of like stain removal must-haves because when i think about the laundry industrial complex i will tell you it is full of shit you don't necessarily need right like there are a lot of like 
stain removal sprays and wrinkle remover sprays and dryer sheets and you can now like miss uh mrs meyer makes like additional fragrance you can put in a load on top of the laundry detergent and you know there's like whitening stuff and bleach and all kinds of things and uh in my experience the best stain removal things are not found on the laundry aisle at all um, yep. and do and do the best job so maggie i know your mom is an incredible wizard with the laundry so i thought maybe you could share peggy's tips for things around the house that you can use to remove stains yeah so th- this is actually a really big deal to me i'm almost 37 years old okay and for my entire life, I thought my mom was a magician with laundry. <laughs> so in, yeah. prepara- in preparation for this episode, I reached out to her and I was like, look, again, I'm almost 40 years old, mom. Like, tell me your secrets. Tell me your ways. Help, it's time. Help me, you know? help me like unpack and untangle this magic. I felt like it was a rite of passage into adulthood. Okay. <laughs> so my mom, Peggy, thank you so much for these contributions. She gave me her three products that she swears by. And these are like, you probably already have them laying around the house. Easy to access. Again, not going to find them in the laundry aisle. And some of them may or may not surprise you. So uh, product number one that Peggy swears by is hairspray, which we've mentioned. Uh, I'm going to qualify this by specifying this is regular hairspray, not an alcohol-free hairspray. We'll talk about alcohol-free mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit later when we get into the section on ironing. But hairspray works brilliantly for things like ink stains, uh, which are really um as Tracy said about the Sharpie and the dry erase, I don't mm-hmm. know if hairspray would work for that, but you know, pesky and ink stains, um, you can saturate, like lightly scrub it, saturate it with hairspray, and then you can just launder it as usual. Um, the mm-hmm. second, uh, handy item for your like laundry stain removal toolkit is peroxide. Uh, mm, es- yes, especially for bodily fluids, um, like, yeah. You know, menstrual blood, you'd mentioned menstrual blood or like your stain looked like menstrual blood, but for actual blood. It wasn't actually, but yes, it it looked, it looked so much like peroxide. <laughs> when you know, you know. Yes, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you know. So yeah. peroxide works brilliant for that. Um, like you can literally like pour it, pour a little tap full into the crotch area of underwear, like rinse it with cold water and then you can do you know, your regular laundry, regular laundry cycle. Um, the other, the third kind of top, uh, product that my mom recommends is Dawn dish soap. This is something like, personal favorite. Yes, exactly. 10 out of 10 recommend. And it's specifically, I, Dawn, like Dawn is incredible. I mean, they use it to clean birds. Exactly. It's been in oil spills. spills. You know, it's real. Yeah, exactly. We would use it in the animal shelter too, for, You know, sometimes you get feral cats, feral kittens, you know, puppies that have been under cars and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they also have it. It's also a really great uh, non-toxic flea treatment for small animals. That's right. I do that one too. So yeah, if you remember the the duck aspect, you know, if it's like, if it's gentle enough to use on ducks, the the point is it like breaks up grease and oil, right? And so most things don't. Most stuff doesn't. And Dawn is just like, it's next level. Yeah. Um, so those are those are my mom's top three. I was really surprised to kind of discover as she was sharing that 
I use these things already or have had have experimented with them and had some success. So I was like, yeah, it's not magic. It's like this practical thing. And like, you know, anyone yeah. can use them, anyone can access them. So yeah, those are the top three. Um, I would add white vinegar to the mix because yes. it is a brilliant solution for all kinds of things. You could make mm-hmm. like a, a, a dilution with it for soaking. You can also use it to make a paste with things like salt or baking soda. Um, it's just really handy, um, especially for like eliminating freaky odors. And let me just <laughs> say, like, initially, you know, you hear a lot of people use it for like household cleaners. It's great for windows and things like that and floors. It makes everything smell like a pickle just briefly. <laughs> Right. It does. It goes away. It does. I it love goes vinegar, away. though. I love vinegar. I have to admit. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I love vinegar yeah. in food. Mm-hmm. Uh, for and I love the taste of vinegar, mm-hmm. but I also like. I I think because I clean with vinegar often, I also associate it with cl- like cleanliness. Yes. Okay. You know, and it, I'm like, oh, what a what a clean space I'm in right now. Yeah. What about you all? So you've heard my mom's top three vinegar. It seems like we're all kind of in agreement with. Are there any other yeah. like? non-laundry aisle product items that have helped you all with laundry i got one i got one um tell us about it so and maggie will know about this too because of the overalls that i altered for maggie um they had rust stains from getting wet and then the hardware from the overalls got the rust Mm, stains on the fabric now i did not get them completely out but those were some old long standing stains I combined some salt. I looked up some ideas online. I used salt with the vinegar and it was like an exfoliant. It's like you can exfoliate the stain out. That makes sense to me. Salt is pretty magical for cleaning as well. Like if you want to use it to clean your stove or your oven, it's pretty great. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am low-key surprised that neither of you said baking soda because that's another one. And like. I'm always telling people, like, if you want to learn how to deal with unusual cleaning situations or laundry, you need to get to the thrift store and get yourself a copy of Hints from Heloise because mm-hmm. they're always there. Very cool. And she is, like, the baking soda goddess. Taking notes. Like, baking soda for everything. Baking soda also is, like, $1. Yeah. Um, And it's great for cleaning your shower and cleaning your sinks and cleaning your stove. And it's great for stains, especially, like, weird stains that you just, like, cannot figure out how to get rid of. Um. I used to wash my hair with it um, for a really long time when I was trying not to use shampoo. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's got all kinds of applications. I believe it is so versatile that Heloise has like a whole book you can order that is just baking soda tricks. I'm just going to add lemon juice. It's a little bougier, right? You got to go to the produce aisle or you can buy one of those pre-made lemon juice things, which is more likely what I'm going to do in a laundry situation like this. this is really great for things that are kind of dingy um, that maybe no. you might normally think you need to get some bleach involved with. I really try to stay away from bleach mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons, not least of which that I am wildly clumsy. And if there is bleach in my area, <laughs> it will somehow end up on everything. Um, and it's you know gross and bad. Um, sometimes you got to use bleach, right? I get it. But lemon juice can be a great substitute for that. Um, you can add a quarter to half a cup of lemon juice to your load with your laundry detergent and this will like brighten and it's also really great for like things that kind of just smell a little off Mm, that's great Um, like maybe if they're a little footy or it's like your athletic wear that's just a little funky it's great for that um it also can be good for pet bedding 
like you know how sometimes Ooh, over yes. time it gets a little little right very stinky if you have something that is particularly dingy or strange smelling you can actually this is i'm going to preface this you're not going to do this with anything delicate you're not going to do this with wool or anything that's going to shrink but it can be good for linens and even socks and whatnot um you fill a large like a huge soup pot with water and you slice up lemon so it's very aesthetic you put the clothing in there and you bring it to a boil and turn it off you let it sit for about an hour and then you wash it and it is pretty magic but once again, like you don't want to do anything that's going to shrink because um, we're talking about boiling water. boiling water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like it's also really great. Like for me, I try not to use paper towels at all unless it's like a barf or poop situation, which in that situation, I think it's, you know, fair game. Um, So I use a lot of kitchen towels and they get gross really, really fast, yep. you know, and this is a great trick for making them just I mean, I know they're clean because I wash them, but like. Sometimes I'm worried someone's going to come over and think I'm a gross person. <laughs> so I'll do a round of this and they'll look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's strictly for the guests. You yes, know? <laughs> right. I do have yeah. a couple of things from the laundry aisle that I have had really good luck with. Um, one, okay. of, one of them is a stain spray. It's called Zout. Z-O-U-T. Oh, uh, um, okay. I, I raised three children and I got a lot of stains out of their clothes with Zout. And, and usually it never, I, it was never just, oh, spray it and throw it directly in the wash. Spray it, let it sit, let it treat, mm-hmm. let it be a while. And I, yes. I, maybe one time I noticed that uh, I had some color lightening on, on a garment, but that was like a one-time thing. It doesn't fade things too badly. And also OxyClean. And I love using it as a paste oh, on really, yeah. Me. I, Yeah, I make it a paste on really rough stains. Pro tip, don't leave it on there indefinitely. It will eat a hole in your clothing one day. (laughs) Just ask me me how I know, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It is, I have to say, I am a major fan of OxyClean. We'll talk about it a little bit more later in this episode, but, you know, it's so good. And it has, it has uh, restored things that I thought could never recover. Yep. Uh, that I was like, surely there is a catch about OxyClean. And and all the research I was doing, most people were like, yeah, it's totally fine. Its biggest problem is that it comes in a plastic container. Yeah. Nice. So that was good to hear because we, Very. you know, we wear a lot of secondhand clothing. We do a lot of thrifting. My, yep. dust, my husband gets a lot of coffee on t-shirts and things like that. And it's great to just be able to like throw them in. And so it, there have been things I thought would never recover. And they look good as like better than new almost <laughs> yep so yeah i i i am a stan for oxyclean yep um, me too and i'm i was glad to hear it wasn't it wasn't bad <laughs> that's good to know because i was not aware of that happy to happy to know that yeah that's another one though that, that i think a lot of the things we're talking about here i mean i think the secret to successful laundry and less laundry disasters but also dealing with stains successfully and all these other things is that it takes time. Yes. So like you can't put something in OxyClean for an hour and expect that it's going to be fine. No. You probably need to soak it overnight. That's what you I know? do. Like, sometimes for days. That's just how it is. Yeah. Sometimes just be careful because it well, is true. I've and lost here's, some things. Here's another thing. Like, you, you know, taking time with it because, yeah, they're not just going to immediately come out. But being proactive about it, and um, this is this idea I've had forever. Ask me if I've done it yet. No. Um, I love the idea of keeping your favorite stain treatment in your bathroom or wherever you dress and undress, right? So that when you've Mm -hmm. gotten something on your clothing that day, because 
what do we do? We throw it in the laundry basket. Then where do we throw it next? In the washer without, and I, I'm bad about checking for stains. I'll just admit it. But if you've got your stuff, you've, if you've got your tried and true go-to favorite stain treatments, right where you're getting undressed, you spray it before it even goes in the laundry basket. And then you don't even have to worry about it. And then you can hopefully prevent it from staining for good. Okay, Tracy, Just what if thoughts. I told you that I already do this? <gasps> I do have under the sink in my bathroom a I thing think you're of, a genius. of stain spray. I think you're a genius yeah, and I think that you... It's a game changer. Yes. It, yes. yes. I don't know do why it. I haven't do done it. it yet. It's out of sight, out of mind. That's my problem. I know. I know. When I did it, I was like, okay, I'm never going back. I did this like, I don't know, it was before I was married. It was like seven, eight years ago. I this And this was like when I was living in L.A., and I was, you know, I had to go to the laundromat. So that meant, you know, I mean, you know how it is. You put it off yep. for as long as humanly possible. Absolutely. And by the, if you haven't treated a stain immediately before you throw it in the laundry, like, forget it. Yep. Yeah. By the time you get there, it's like, it's it's for good. And so I started keeping it in the bathroom. So I'd be right there and just like, throw it in. Um, And I, I mean, rarely would a stain set. It really does awesome. work. And these, these stain treatments are not oxyclean oxycleaner is a different chemical mm -hmm. but these stain treatments are enzymes that really like they break down the stain so time is important and it's important to get it when it's fresh yes you know this this reference to time and slowing down and taking our time like i just i see such a corollary um of this conversation against so so many others that close horses come come out with right like <laughs> totally. yeah. let's slow yeah. down let's pause to think be intentional be thoughtful to deliberate like yeah slow slow laundry right <laughs> like yep totally totally and i'll just say like i know that this is hard i'm a person with like 35 jobs so I always feel like I'm this whirling dervish of a person who's just like working, working, working. Suddenly I got to like eat some food or take a shower or do some laundry. And then like whatever little bit of time is left, I have to go to bed. That, then it's all over and it's time to start up again. But I have really forced myself with things like laundry, with things like food prep, all these things to slow that down and take my time there. And you know what? I think ultimately it saves me a lot of time down the road. It saves me a lot of money for sure. Oh, yeah. And it definitely saves me a lot of stress. So I do like go get a, a stain spray right now and put it in your bathroom or wherever you get <laughs> undressed. And I promise it's one of those like simple things that when you start doing it, it it has a major impact on your life, actually. Yeah. OK, so let's talk about detergent, because like this is another one. And I think many detergent choices are very personal um it's about like what is appealing to you and certainly it is wild to me uh, i went to target recently the laundry detergent aisle is now like both sides are laundry detergents. it's really overwhelming <laughs> it's really overwhelming um and, I, and it's a hell of a lot of plastic Ugh. it is it is in fact it's like all plastic yeah. now as far as i yep. can tell which i don't remember it being when i was a kid i mean we always used powder detergent because i think it was like the cheapest but there's not a lot of powder detergent anymore it's really shifted into liquids um yes. so maggie what's what's your go-to laundry detergent i'll be honest this this specific item on our like shopping list Scott, my partner, usually handles the shopping and we're kind of at the mercy of like what's on sale, or at least that has been our experience. Right? I get it. Um, That's my general. That was for a very long time my my strategy. So yeah, I get we, it. We always have OxyClean. <laughs> There's like a color safe bleach that I have on hand. I think it might be Clorox brand. Um, 
I personally really love the smell of gain, which I know you have a distaste for. I know, sorry. Trigger warning. Yeah, it's okay. Um, (laughs) But one of the things that we've tried in the past, like, I mean, it was, it was a trend. And I think because of that, there was like this big sales blitz. So we did try Tide Pods. I know how terrible they are for the environment. I know just like how bad they are in general, but I wanted to, to share that one of the things I noticed And this just like goes to show like in your face, these microplastics and the impact they can have. I started Mm -hmm. noticing that there would be like this weird, stiff, like wrinkly, I don't know, stiff bit on some of the clothes after using a Tide Pod. And I realized that it was that exterior like that hadn't fully dissolved and broken Uh... down. So it, okay, for, for lack of a better word just so you all get the visual and like the visceral feeling of this it was like snot but like the thickest snot you've ever seen in your life it was like so super stiff so yeah um all of that to say i do not use tide pods anymore we're more like the arm and hammer you know which has baking soda in it or all free clear scent free usually Mm -hmm. these days Mm so yeah i'll tell you i wondered about tide pods and all because like everybody everything's in a pod now right you can also get like uh dishwasher yeah. detergent pods that kind of thing i i had always had a very strange feeling about them like i was like how could this work and not have plastic and as we were preparing for this episode i went down a rabbit hole and i'm going to tell you there, there's a lot of controversy out there like basically scientists believe that this is contributing to the microplastic problem in a big way because it's literally in the mm. water and then going yeah. into, you know, going on the journey, right? Um, other scientists who, I mean, to be fair, as far as I could tell, were probably hired by the laundry pod, uh, it, you know, industrial complex, uh, were saying, no, you're wrong. It's like NBD. It's totally cool. But like, how could it not be? I'm going to share an article in the show notes from the Washington Post that was basically like, it's a really raging debate. Like, where do you land? Um, and. You should all go read it for yourself, but I, I am especially after what you just described, Maggie. I feel that it is not a good thing. You know, like that we should probably avoid using them. I couldn't. It just didn't add up to me that it would be not plastic, right? Like, what else yeah. could it be? I, I was like, maybe it's like some sort of grain or something. Cornstarch. I've only used something. a Tide Pod once, and it was like it came. We moved into a place that had a brand new washing machine and it would like came with one. And I was like, well, we can't waste this. And I took it out of the package and I was like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> I, who invented this? It's so easy to put laundry detergent in the washing mm-hmm. machine. Of all the conveniences, this yeah. is not an inconvenience, right? Um, so I am super sensitive about fragrance in general. And I've actually realized that I think that uh, certain fragrances really trigger migraines for mm-hmm. me and it's something i've become like more aware of recently um and like for example gain specifically gain is a trigger and i know people love gain but there's i i experience a lot of gain when i'm out yard sailing right or thrifting or if i buy something on poshmark or something nine times out of ten i think it's been laundered in gain and it will give me a headache um Tide less so, but I just like, you know, what am I, a millionaire? I'm not buying Tide. I actually, uh, you know what is another trigger that I realized recently is the smell of rubbing alcohol. 
Ooh. like it makes me very ill. And oh. I was on a flight recently where I was very sick. And I kind of think what set it off is like they gave out these alcohol wipes to everybody. Oh. And everybody was using them to wipe every corner. So of their it was stuff. all in the air. Yeah, it was yep. very intense. I started to get really sick. I was ill, quite ill. Um, like throwing up in the bathroom on the plane ill. Um, so I think that's another one to put on the list with gain. Um, so I am very sensitive. That doesn't mean that I am like against laundry detergents, the smell. And I actually, I get mine from Grove Collaborative on subscription. It's a liquid. Um, I get a lot of cleaning stuff from them because it, it is fragranced, but usually with like more like, you know, natural essential oils, natural sources. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's light. Right. So it doesn't, doesn't set me off. And, uh, it's also all intended to be zero waste or as close as possible. So a lot of things come in glass and they're concentrates and you mix them with bottle water in a reusable bottle, that kind of thing. So I get a lot of stuff from them, including laundry detergent, which I like quite a bit. Um, One thing of it lasts me months and I do a lot of laundry and uh, they work great in cold water. They're very reasonably priced when you realize how long they last. And this is not an ad for Grove Collaborative, but I will tell you if you're curious (laughs) about it, they carry it at Target now. No. Oh, and yeah. I am curious about it. And it's like everything lasts a really, really long time. You use just a tiny bit. And so I don't know. That that's that works for me. I'm happy with it. I uh recently switched over from we were using oh gosh, it's the echo stuff from Costco is what we were using. Mm. But oh my gosh, plastic thing after plastic thing I know, after plastic thing. I know. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. It made my skin crawl. We were recently switched over to laundry detergent sheets, and I'm a pretty big fan. There's we I noticed on one thing, it was actually a yardage of fabric that I washed that I thrifted and washed. Um I there was a little residue that I think may have been left over from the sheet, but that's literally the only thing I was thinking of that because of the Tide Pods. Mm-hmm. I, that's the only time I've seen it. I've not noticed it on anything else. So I think it would would have been a fluke, but that's what I've been what we started using and I love it because it comes in a little, you know, it comes in a little envelope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just take the sheets out. They completely dissolve and it's beautiful and there's so much less waste. Yeah, I it's wild to me how much laundry has become. I mean, it's it's all the things, right? A lot of food now comes in plastic that came in glass or metal when we were yeah. kids. But laundry is a great example where I remember so much laundry being powder and coming in cardboard boxes, like mm-hmm. even 20 years ago. And now everything is plastic, even if it's powdered. It's really, really disappointing. I mean, and powder laundry detergent barely exists at this point. Yeah. Um, I guess we all decided to go liquid. So speaking of <laughs> wasteful, I think, uh, or what's the most eco-conscious choice? One of the questions I received quite a bit on Instagram is line drying versus using the dryer. And yep. I'm going to say I am a huge advocate for line drying. Uh, we have a dryer here in our house, and which we rent. Uh, not the dryer, but the house. Um, and <laughs> I rarely use it unless it's a really urgent laundry situation, which obviously happens, or the weather isn't good. But I live in Austin, so most of the time, laund- like the weather not being good means it's just like 100 degrees outside, which is great laundry weather, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so I think for me, hanging out laundry is very natural because we usually did not have a dryer when I was a kid. It was just too luxurious. And I took on the laundry in our house very early. My childhood was the classic adultification in elementary school. So I started. I took on the laundry then, and we always hung our clothes out almost 365 days a year. So I just 
it feels very natural to me. Um, here in Austin, we have a laundry situation that Dustin and I put together, which is like it's like a thing that you stake into the ground and it's got like the wire all around it, you know, and you can collapse it and take it. But it's really, really windy here. And we also don't own our house, so we can't like cement it into the ground. So we bought a the most humongous planter. And we cemented it into that and filled it with sand. It it probably weighs like 200 pounds to <laughs> That's move. That's so smart, though. Um, nice. So smart, right? Yes, and, it is. And I would say overall, we probably spent like a, a little bit more than 100 bucks between like cement, the big pot, all that stuff. And uh, it has only blown over one time. So wow. it works for us. And we get wild wind here. So I... I am really into air drying, um, but I am lucky because I have a yard. If you don't have the privilege of an outdoor space for laundry, or you know, this happens a lot to your landlord or your neighborhood bans outdoor laundry drying, you can use a drying rack inside. Although I will say, if you have cats or pets, these are always prone to breaking. <laughs> um, you can, this yes. is what my hack was for a long time when I had the space, is I would have a collapsible, a collapsible rolling rack, you know, for clothing. And I would just put everything on hangers or drape it over it. And then when all the clothes were dry, I would collapse the thing and put it away in the closet. Um, you can also hang it in the shower, which is what I have also done for a big chunk of my life and, and is currently what I do in the highly off chance that there's inclement weather here in Austin. So you, there are many ways in which you can dry your clothing. Um, Maggie, what about you? Do you do a lot of like, cause do you live in an apartment? I live in a house and which I which okay, I own. Okay. We do have a yard, um, but also we're in the Pacific Northwest, which is right, totally right, yes. different. <laughs> I was gonna bring that thing. I was gonna yeah, bring that up. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as line drying, you just don't see it a lot. I mean, there might be ten or fifteen days out of the entire year where that would be like feasible. totally no I agree. Yeah. yeah so yeah. and i mean that that's no exaggeration it really does rain here quite a bit if it, even if it's not raining there are days when it's just like super high moisture misty fog shit like that so um when i'm thinking about like line drying i'm thinking about creative ways of doing that indoors and the first thing that comes to mind is like when i was in college um again it was definitely like a a budget centric decision. It was like, how, how can I, how can I do this without, you know, spending a lot of money? <laughs> so at the time I lived in central Kentucky. So, um, you know, not, not a lot of humidity, definitely four seasons, lots of sunny days and, you know, dry, arid opportunities, um, to line dry. But I lived in an upstairs apartment, so I didn't have a yard. And my mm. pals, like my friends would come over at an off-campus apartment and they would totally give me grief about this. But I had like, I had rigged through the entire like square footage of my apartment, this elaborate kind of like clothesline situation from like the <laughs> ceiling and the walls. And like mm -hmm. once every two weeks, so it was like twice a month, I would wash everything in my tub. I would hand wash the stuff in my tub so I didn't have to go to the laundromat and pay all that extra expense, which was actually a really great workout for like hand strength and biceps and triceps and core. True like, story. It yeah. was a lot yep. of freaking work. And I would just hang that shit all over my apartment. And I would generally put like 
bath towels or something down, you know, to help with moisture cooling, especially since I had carpet in a lot of those rooms. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, like any <laughs> any space that you have, especially if, I mean, of course, I was renting at that time. So there was there were holes in the walls and things like that. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of a rolling rack, the collapsible, like old school wooden ones. I really need to get one actually. Mm-hmm. It's like just big enough to fit in this tiny little space in my laundry room on the linoleum. Um, yeah, big fan of line drying. I really wish that it were more of a <laughs> possibility here in the Pacific Northwest. It's just not. Yeah, so. totally. Totally. I, when I was living in Portland, which is a big chunk of my adult life, I would often have to hang everything in the bathroom from the, sh- like if I had a tub sized shower that's kind of what you need right for maximum space and sometimes i'd have to put a space heater in there because i i mean i'm gonna be honest with you all of you i'm like the thriftiest person ever i am like if you if it's if you're so warm you don't need to wear a sweater then why is the heat turned on you know what i mean (laughs) so i am like challenging myself constantly on like turning on the heat and certainly then as so i would be like okay the clothes can have some heat but the rest of us are going to put on a sweater you know (laughs) i love that yes (laughs) what about you tracy yeah i was gonna say because i i have a lot of feelings about the line drying um because I too live in the Pacific Northwest, which is ha 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 that, you know, we get a couple of months in the summer where line drying outside is a good plan. I have always line dried my clothes. Y'all, I am five nine. And once upon a time, I was almost five ten, but age. And so I <laughs> had to hang my damn clothes because they don't make them long enough for tall people who present as female. And so I was constantly drying it. And I always made sure that I put up a bar and no matter what my laundry setup was, I put up like a clothes hanging bar wherever my laundry space is or somewhere near it so that I always had a place to hang them. The bathroom's a great idea, but I just automatically, I have that now. I had that in my previous home. I just make sure that somewhere there's a rack that I can, or or a drying rack. What you were Mm -hmm. saying with cats and stuff, um, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have laundry rooms where I could close the door. Um, oh, good. But they yeah, are just you, cats destroy those. Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. They totally do. And they'll rub against the fabric and then their hair and the dogs and cats hair mm-hmm. gets on. But no, I am a huge fan of line drawing because I don't like to shrink my clothes. And as a mom of three children who got messy a lot, I was so fastidious about line drawing with their clothing to prevent the stains because Mm. as long as I line dried it, I could probably get the stain out and then I'd resell it later. And so, yeah, I am all for the line drying. I highly recommend getting a rack if you don't have a whole lot of pets or if you can close the door. Uh, But definitely um, there's a lot of creative ways you can line dry inside. It's true. It's true. I've tried them all. Um, You need to just need some hangers or something you can drape things over. I have Yep. Also, like, just draped all my clothes over different chairs in my house. I mean, there's many ways around it. I am a major advocate of line drying, and there are a lot of reasons why. I mean, one, it is cheaper, okay? It cuts down your utility bills, and it saves wear and tear on your dryer. If you have to go to the laundromat, it saves you even more money. I mean, this is important. Even if you don't care about the environment, like, you probably care about money, right? Um. But when we talk about the environmental impact, air drying clothes can reduce the average household's carbon footprint by a whopping 2,400 pounds a year. And if Americans line dried clothing for just half of a year, 
it would save more than 3% of the country's total residential output of carbon dioxide. And I know someone is listening to this right now and they're saying, well, why does my impact matter when Amazon has such a big impact? Fair. Well, all of our impact, we all have to do our best, right? And she yes. want to do our best because it all adds up. Next, you don't need dryer sheets, which are basically future garbage. And you don't have to deal with static. Sometimes I do if I'm wearing tights and things rub, like that's just what it is. But in general, I have I deal with static significantly less if I'm not using the dryer. Hanging your stuff to dry is so much gentler than the dryer. It's absolutely going to extend the life of your clothing. And like Tracy said, it literally bakes in the stain. Like that's it once it's yep. been through the dryer. So I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I went to Macy's in downtown Portland, Oregon in search of a better strapless bra. And I got into a long conversation with the woman working in the lingerie department about like proper care for bras. And she said something to me that has stuck with me forever. She said, I always say the worst things start with D's, divorce, death, and dryers. And I loved that. Um, feel free awesome. to add your other things that st- suck that start with D, like diarrhea, um, despair, <laughs> depression. I could go on and on. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that stuck with me and I try to avoid the dryer as much as possible. Like, and I'm not here to slander dryers or make anybody feel bad for using dryers. They do have many positive attributes as well. Like for example, I hang my towels outside to dry, but it makes them really rough, right? I kind of like yeah. it. It's like exfoliates you. But And I, I swear it exfoliates you. But if you dry a towel, it is like fluffy and soft and cozy. Warm. That might be something that is appealing to you from a sensory perspective mm-hmm. or better for you from a sensory perspective. Um, also, a dryer is a great way to disinfect things. Head lice, for example, like they don't stand a chance, right? And a lot of other microbes. But it turns out that the sun is also a natural microbe killer. Not, I wouldn't say this is going to work for head lice. Use the dryer if that's what you're working on. <laughs> but for other things, like if you let your hang your laundry outside, the ultraviolet rays from the sun actually kill most all the microbes in the first place. That said, dark clothes can fade faster yeah. when you hang them outside. So you want to hang yes. them inside out or in the shade. And don't be neglectful and let them out there for like two days, which I have totally done before. Yeah. But it still is overall going to extend the life of your clothing for so long. Um, also, you get to stand outside for five to 10 minutes if you're hanging your laundry outside and listen to birds and get some sun and not be like working, right? You can listen to a podcast Sounds or pleasant. listen to some music, right? And if you're doing your, hanging your laundry inside, like take that time too to like think about something else. Not everything can be line dried. Uh, sweaters and other stretchy clothes uh, should lay flat to dry. Um, obviously they're gonna get, yes. and I've learned that lesson in a weird way also. Um, hanging them in general is probably not a good idea. You're gonna wanna lay them flat. If something is very delicate uh, and prone to snagging, uh, which sounds very luxurious uh, to have something like that, uh, don't, you probably don't wanna hang those outside specifically because they could get blown around and snagged by bushes and Lord knows what else. Um, But you could probably hang those inside safely. Um, And you also don't want to line dry, hang dry things that are very heavy because the mere pool of gravity on its own weight will stretch out the fibers and maybe even break the fibers but i'm talking like i don't even know like 
your triple lined coat maybe like don't don't hang that outside per se and like let it stretch itself out you might want to lay that i was flat. thinking of like a big thick comforter like you could probably get it on the line but not only is it going to stretch the fiber of the comforter itself it's also going to put weight on whatever line setup you have like that yeah, tension is going to yeah. be compromised yeah. over time yeah I would say in that situation, probably just like, you know what, put it in the dang dryer. <laughs> Although I will preface that the dryer, if something has a fill in it, like a comforter, uh, sometimes you want to dry on low yeah. because the fill, depending on what it is, could melt a little bit and get clumpy or hard yeah. or not distribute itself well anymore. And so no matter what, if you're drying something like a comforter, <laughs> when you take it out, really, you want to shake it up and kind of redistribute the mm -hmm. filling. Because it will like, it will just clump up in there. And then it's so gross, true, you know? If you're enjoying this episode, then this is a great time to remind you that my work here at Close Horse is made possible by the support of listeners like you, just like NPR, and these great small businesses. Please go give them your support. Blank Cass or Blanket Coats by Cass, is focused on restoring, renewing, and reviving the history held within vintage and heirloom textiles. By embodying the love, craft, and energy that is original to each vintage textile as I transfer it into a new garment, I hope we can reteach ourselves to care for and mend what we have and make it last. Blank Cass lives on Instagram at blank underscore Cass, and a website will be launched soon at blankcass.com. Located in Whistler, Canada, Velvet Underground is a velvet jungle full of vintage and secondhand clothing, plants, a vegan cafe, and lots of rad products from other small sustainable businesses. Our mission is to create a brand and community dedicated to promoting self-expression, as well as educating and inspiring a more sustainable and conscious lifestyle, both for the people and the planet. Find us on Instagram at shop underscore velvet underground or online at www.shopvelvetunderground.com. St. Evans is a New York City-based vintage shop that is dedicated to bringing you those special pieces you'll reach for again and again. More than just a store, St. Evans is dedicated to sharing the stories and history behind the garments. 10% of all sales are donated to a different charitable organization each month. New Vintage is released every Thursday at wearstevens.com with previews of new pieces and more brought to you on Instagram at wear underscore st dot evens. That's where St. Evans. Country Feedback is a mom and pop record shop in Tarboro, North Carolina. They specialize in used rock, country, and soul and offer affordable vintage clothing and housewares. Do you have used records you want to sell? Country Feedback wants to buy them. Find us on Instagram at Country Feedback Vintage and Vinyl or head down east and visit our brick and mortar. All are welcome at this inclusive and family-friendly record shop in the country. Republica Unicornia Yarns. Handmade yarn and notions for the color obsessed. Made with love 
and some swearing in fabulous Atlanta, Georgia by head yarn wench Kathleen. Get ready for rainbows with a side of giving a damn. Republica Unicornia is all about making your own magic using small batch, responsibly sourced, hand-dyed yarns, and thoughtfully made notions. Slow fashion all the way down and discover the joy of creating your very own beautiful hand-knit, crocheted, or woven pieces. Find us on Instagram at republica underscore unicornia underscore yarns and at www.republicaunicornia.com. Picnicware, a slow fashion brand ethically made by hand from vintage and dead stock materials, most notably vintage towels. Founder Danny has worked in the industry as a fashion designer for over 10 years, but started Picnicware in response to her dissatisfaction with the industry's shortcomings. Picnicware recently moved to rural North Carolina, where all their sewing and accessories are now designed and cut, but the majority of their sewing is done by skilled garment workers in New York City. Their customers take comfort in knowing that all their sewists are paid well above New York City minimum wage. Picnicware offers minimal waste and maximum authenticity. Future vintage over future garbage. Cute Little Ruin is an online shop dedicated to providing quality vintage and secondhand clothing, vinyl, and home items in a wide range of styles and price points. If it's ethical and legal, we try to find a home for it. Vintage style with progressive values. Find us on Instagram at Cute Little Ruin. The Pewter Thimble is a curated secondhand shop based out of Rome, Italy. Owner Desiree Marie Townley has a background in costuming and makeup for dance and opera and focuses on dressing for the character you want to be in the world. Curated collections are dropped in a story sale and always have a specialized theme, like the color palette of Starry Night, the film classic Casablanca, and the children's novel The Secret Garden. Desiree works with local artisans, and pieces are rescued from markets and rehabilitated and resold with worldwide shipping. The Pewter Thimble is a collection of pieces that will have eternal style from the eternal city. Discover more on Instagram at The Pewter Thimble. Okay, so we've already talked a little bit about how we love OxyClean. I think that this is a pro OxyClean podcast. There's also another sure. one called Retro Clean, which people love as well. And I was like, oh, man, OxyClean is so good. It must be bad, right? But it actually turns out that the main ingredients are sodium percarbonate and sodium carbonate. And the first is baking soda and the second is washing soda, essentially borax. Um, these are really classic ingredients and they really work. I wouldn't wash everything with Oxy because that's like overkill. It's like bringing yeah. a machine gun to kill a fly, right? Uh, but for laundry disasters, it's very, very powerful. Um, RetroClean is pretty much the same ingredients. And I do think that like they are an essential part of your laundry arsenal. I ha- like I was talking about kid the kids' clothing, and I kind of mentioned that like that was such a lifesaver to have three messy kids, and and I was the mom who got everything super 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 on sale at Gymboree. Yes, fast fashion. That was before I knew better, but I would get it super on sale so I could my kids could have all the cute clothes, and then I would always line dry so that there was you know I always had a second chance to get a stain out because you know they're dropping they're dropping shit all over their clothes, and. I always could get stains out because I never <laughs> dried them and set them in. And then I would resell them on eBay. So more sustainability. Yeah. Me too. I was always yeah. selling all of Dylan's clothes on eBay. 
Um, and so it was really in my best interest Same. to maintain them in every possible way. I love that. Same. And I always had great feedback because I took really good care of them. And mm-hmm. um, it really saved my kids' clothes. It made it so that they could wear them until they, you know, they rarely wore out their clothes. Let's just say that. They grew fast enough and I took good enough care of them that I was always able to sell that stuff afterwards and, and or, or have garage sales. And I was very popular at our community garage sale for the kids' clothes because they were always in such good condition. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And you also brought up avoiding shrinkage for yes. line drying. Yes. One thing I have learned is that, especially like, this is a lesson learned from those super hot dryers at the laundromat, is that sometimes you, th- you will discover that something that you didn't think could shrink or hadn't shrunk ever before can suddenly still shrink, especially when it comes to like a hot dryer. Yeah. Every time, every time. And, and, and as the tall person, like I said, that was always like a total calamity. If, if, if my pants got dried, all of a sudden they were like, you know, waiter length. And I'm like, okay, so much for those pants, because what do you do? What do you do? I can't shrink. And if there's not enough hem, I can't let it out to make it longer. So yes, that's just a disaster. And I'm all about avoiding the shrinkage in the first place by washing it in cold and then hanging it to dry or lay flat for in the case of sweaters or heavy items. And when it comes to fast fashion, which at this point is just about any clothes you can go just buy. Just about everything. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, with some exceptions. You know, a lot of those clothes are made of some really elaborate blends at this point that are a mixture sometimes of cotton, um, um, different kinds of polyester and synthetic fibers, things like tencel, rayon, et cetera. A lot of these are blends, right? And they're not blends that are necessarily designed thoughtfully or with the thought of extending the life wear of something. It's really about cost, right? That's what it really is. Like I can tell you, working as a buyer, anytime we saw a design that we couldn't afford, the first thing was like, oh, just swap out the fabric, find a cheaper fabric. And so a lot of these clothes, especially when they're exposed to heat like a dryer, they're going to shrink or twist in really odd ways because those fibers are so have so many different components to them that some will shrink some will not shrink some will shrink a little bit more than the other one and then some will somehow stretch out and you get like really weird like waves wavy hems uh well, lopsided clothes <laughs> and a lot of sometimes amanda i've experienced where i washed something you know that was cheap and i washed it and dried it and it did all the weirdness and the twisting and like at, like you were mentioning and it's like it looks like it's a completely different shaped garment and sometimes that's because of the way that it's made it's not made well it wasn't cut on the grain it, mm-hmm. it you know and there's so many things and i have experienced that a few times with the things twisting up and often it's just not wearable anymore unless you can somehow you know, stretch it out again. It's true. I worked for the the longest part of my career, I worked in years for the same company that was, is a big fast fashion, like conglomerate basically. And, you know, in the like 2010 era, we were selling just, we had tables and tables of t-shirts and, and basic tees and every incarnation and tank tops, camis, all that stuff. And they were all wildly cheap. Like they cost us like two, three dollars. We sold them for 18. I mean, it was like money in the bank. And they all, if you were lucky to be able to wash and dry them and wear them a second time, it was basically a miracle because they would get crazy pilly. The threads would pull out. They would twist. They would wave. They would shrink asymmetrically. I mean, just I would say at this point, like it, it the best thing you can do if you can do it is hang things to dry and if you can't 
please dry on the coldest setting possible, which I know if you're dependent on the laundromat is a lot more difficult. Very. How many times have you bought like something in, in like a nice soft brushed, brushed sweater like fabric and the mm. literal first time you wash it, it starts to get chunky or pilly or extra fuzzy. I mean, I have, I, I recently parted ways with a sweater that did that the same, the first time that I washed it and I hung on to it forever, hoping I could fix it. And I just didn't. And I parted ways with it, which really, really sucks because it, the, it's the crappy, it's the synthetics. And the more we move to those synthetics, washing and drying is not very friendly for them. It's true. So a lot of the, like, especially with sweaters and that yes. brushed fabrication, but we also see this with like sweatshirts and other knits, that blend of natural and synthetic fibers is really what the problem is. And that is totally, in case anybody was wondering, that is to keep things cheap. Yeah. And basically what happens is those synthetic fibers are actually significantly stronger and they lend a lot more tension to the garment than the natural fiber can. So what happens, especially if we're exposing it to dry, drying and washing, really like being twisted around, the spin cycle, all that stuff, is that the natural fiber breaks because the other fiber is pulling so hard and it weakens the other one. It breaks and it's usually the natural part of the fiber that breaks and turns into the pill. Um, this can happen, obviously, with natural fibers as well if they're not being treated carefully. I posted about this last year about like where pills came from. And this was after extensive research. And I got to tell you, it might be like the 10th most controversial thing I've ever posted on Instagram because <laughs> like the sois of Instagram came for me and they were like, you're wrong. And I was like, no, I'm like actually right. <laughs> Please let's move this to the DMS where I will kill you with science. <laughs> right. Destroying yeah. you with the science. Um, so that's another great call out that like skipping the dryer, or even hand washing these things is going to extend, extend the life and get rid of that pilling, which is part of extending the life. I, my last job before the pandemic was working for a rental company that was part of a larger fast fashion conglomerate. Um, and we had a lot of crappy fast fashion sweaters that you could rent. In fact, sweaters were a big category for us. And after one rental, they would come back and go through our laundry, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about later. But they would come back so pilly that if we, when we would send them out to customers, they would complain. And so we were going to damage out thousands and thousands of sweaters, which basically defeats the purpose of rental. And yep. so they started paying people to come in once a week for a full eight-hour shift and just go around shaving sweaters. Now, theoretically... There soon is nothing left to shave, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. I don't know how that played out. I got laid off before I could see the sweaters shaved into no nothing, right? But uh, it was pr pretty wild to me. So speaking of things being broken down, maybe being too hot, like a dryer, I thought we should talk about water temperature because that's another one that I got a lot of questions about. There's a lot of confusion. Um, and I found a really great article from the Washington Post that really breaks it down. But then I started going down all these other laundry rabbit holes to like get to, to the bottom of water temperature because for the most part it's simple but there are exceptions and we'll go into that so it turns out that the water temperature especially if mm -hmm. you're using warm or hot water is 90 percent of the energy that your washing machine is going to consume to do a load of laundry so it's a big deal from an energy consumption carbon footprint perspective um and just even changing your washer's temperature setting from hot to warm can cut energy use in half. 
But if you wash with cold water, you reduce your energy footprint even more. In fact, according to the American Cleaning Institute, if you did four out of five loads of laundry in cold water, you could cut 864 pounds of carbon dioxide emissions each year, just you personally, which is an equivalent to planting about a third of an acre of U.S. forest. So imagine wow. if everyone did that. That's a lot. That's a significant I mean, impact, right? Go me. Go me. I'm right? watching yeah. cold almost exclusively. Woo-hoo. Me too. Me too. But also because I'm cheap, okay? Um, which <laughs> if you're cheap, it's also great. It's a great strategy. I have a washing machine that is supposedly a super space age and like weighs your laundry and puts in the right amount of water based on what in there same so it feels okay if it's not a full load but actually and i was like oh yeah this totally makes sense whether it's a partial load or a full load it uses the same amount of energy to run it just uses less water so if you really really want to be like an eco warrior you want to only wash full loads now obviously stuff happens right and you can't always but like just something to keep in mind um You could, and I would not advise this for anything remotely delicate, but if you use an extra spin cycle on it, and some washing machines will even have like a special like super spin kind of cycle, it will also cut the drying time pretty significantly, which matters less, I think, when you're hanging it out to dry, but matters more if you're hanging it in your house to dry or you're in the dryer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So something to think about too that I'd never thought about. The most energy consuming thing about doing a load of laundry is always going to be the water temperature. So that extra spin isn't like a bad thing. It probably does save a lot of energy in the end. Um, But back to cold water, because I know that's what people really wanted to know about. The reality is that at this point, most laundry detergents are designed to work at around 60 degrees or sometimes even cooler. And I was like, oh, 60 degrees, that must be warm water. But actually... Not at all. Cold is between 60 and 80 degrees. I thought it was going to be like 33 degrees, right? Like whatever the outside (laughs) temperature is. And in fact, that's not true. So your detergent is going to be fine on cold. That's the thing that people always worry about. Um, You can also buy specifically cold water detergent that has enzymes that activate at even colder temperatures of 40 degrees, which is just above freezing. And so maybe that would be optimal if like you are turning your water heater super low and it's very cold outside. Um, I do use cold water detergent, which Grove Collaborative offers just to be on the safe side. Although I don't know if I need it as much here in Austin as I did back in Pennsylvania, where like our water was freaking cold because it came from a well and it was like nothing was going to heat that up, right? Yes. Um, so I started getting into the habit of doing that then. Um, people tend to think like, oh, cold water, it can't get things clean. But actually, cold water is better at removing a lot of stains, including grass and makeup. And it's also pretty good for getting out blood. But meanwhile, hot water will like set a blood stain forever um and even if you pull something stained out of a load of cold and it didn't come out the good news is there's still hope to get it out whereas if you would wash that in hot it's there that's it it's like cooked in for the rest of time so cold water is actually great for catching those mist stains like it's not the end of the world the thing about cold water is it doesn't kill all germs if you're dealing with head lice it's not going to kill that either but that's where the dryer or the power of the sun will come in Like I said before, line drying is just as effective at killing germs. But if you are dealing with head lice or some particular 
I don't know if you've got like a rampant outbreak of ringworm in your house, perhaps uh, mm-hmm. I would I would get the dryer involved on those kinds of things. Um, but here was something interesting that I do remember Heloise talking quite a bit about is that there are certain stains that need certain water temperatures and there are some that need a mixture, but it has to be in a specific order. I don't know if you all of you are familiar with this. This was I was I I found a chart which I'm going to share on Instagram after this episode came comes out because it was like really really helpful for me. Yeah, um, this infographic is brilliant. It's great, right? It's, it's from awesome. like Maytag or something like that. Nice. I'm going to tell you, I went down some weird weird rabbit holes uh, prepping for this. So, blood and toothpaste always need cold water. You have to wash those in cold water. There are a few things that generally are going to need hot water, but not always, because one of those is grass, and that can often come out in cold water. But if it doesn't come out the first time around in cold, you may have to wash it in hot. Lipstick often needs hot water just because it's so oily. Um, Oil and grease themselves often need hot water, too. Then there are these more complicated ones that need to be washed in cold and then later hot. And it's it's quite a variety of things. It's red wine. Mud, perspiration, coffee, berries, spaghetti sauce, chocolate, baby food, which feels a little general to me. I'm sure it depends on what kind it is, and tomatoes. Hmm. Um, so that might mean you hand wash it, just the stain in cold, and then you do it in some hot water. Or you wash it in a load of cold, and then you take it out and hand wash it with hot water. That's probably what I would do instead, actually, rather than running a whole load of hot to remove the stain on one thing. Have either of you ever heard of using white wine to eradicate red wine stains? Like, I don't even know if that's true, but... This seems like a party thing, uh-huh. <laughs> right? It's an excuse to buy white wine, I think. But it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's true because, I mean, like, the fact that hairspray can remove marker and paint is pretty mm-hmm. wild, you know? Yes, it is. So anyway, that's that's my stance on cold water. I am a cold water user. Same. Um. Yep. Unless something is really foul, um, it's 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 cold water here, and I feel great about how clean my clothes are and how low my utility bills are. Thanks again to Maggie and Tracy for spending three hours talking about laundry with me. Honestly, I think we could have talked for a few more hours because laundry is a big and personal topic. If you didn't get all of your questions answered in this episode, don't worry. We'll be back next week with the second half, where we will be tackling your very specific laundry questions. We're talking very specific stains, very specific crises. We're here to help you solve them. We'll also learn a lot about dry cleaning. I kind of feel like I'm an expert now. And we'll talk about how to hand wash like a pro. And we'll discuss how to make your jeans last as long as possible. There are a lot of easy tricks there. And Maggie definitely not me because I'm terrible at this, she will give you some ironing tips. Loved clothes last, meaning if you follow the care instructions, do the extra work to remove stains and line hang dry when you can, your clothes last a lot longer. The same goes for any other textile in your life right now. And making things last, loving them enough to put in that effort, that's all part of a slow fashion way of life. It's all part of the Earth Logic plan. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Close Horse. If you like what you're hearing, you could leave a rating, maybe even a review if you're feeling spicy on Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, tell a friend, get them in here, teach them all the laundry tricks. That's how we spread this information and that's how we grow this community. If you'd like to support my work financially, you can learn more at patreon.com slash podcast. There's one last thing I wanted to share for all of you who actually listened this far into the episode. <laughs> And that's the thing, a new round of Small Biz Big Pick is starting in just a few weeks. You know, I receive a lot of messages practically on a daily basis asking me for free business advice or mentoring. And others have requested episodes of Close Horse that are solely about how to run a business. Well, I'm not going to make an episode about how to run a business because that's not going to be compelling content for everyone. And I don't offer free business advice and guidance. Well, for two reasons. One, I just don't have the time. But also, I know it is one way in which I can be compensated for my labor. I'm giving out plenty of free information on a daily basis about so many other things. I know that my expertise in the area of business is actually something that people can pay for. So Small Biz Big Pick is a series of 10 classes for the current or aspiring small business owner, regardless of the age of their business. All classes are taught by me and my friend Courtney of Sonic Wave Vintage, and we share best practices around pricing, day-to-day operations, marketing, assortment planning, customer service policies, branding, partnerships, so much more. Courtney gives two classes that really just focus on making the most of Instagram and making reels and using it as a free marketing tool. The goal of Small Biz Big Pick is fostering small businesses in hopes of redistributing wealth from a small number of huge corporations to a thriving network of hundreds of thousands of small businesses. I mean, that is close horse right there, right? Each session is about two hours long including questions and answers. All the classes are conducted via Zoom. If you miss a class or just want to revisit it, you get unlimited access to all of the recorded sessions for your review as often as you want. All sessions also come with a follow-along workbook and some reusable tools. And yes, there is homework for every single class. You can sign up for the whole 10 class package or just take individual classes. You can choose to participate in the live classes where you'll meet a lot of other small business owners in our community. You know, in the last two rounds of Small Biz Big Pick, we've seen so many friendships develop in the midst of class, which makes me so happy. And I see all of the graduates supporting one another online. It warms my heart so much. If that doesn't work with your life and all the other stuff you have to do, you can also take the recorded classes on your own time. You can learn more about Small Biz Big Pick by going to smallbizbigpick.com. I bet that website name really shocked you. Dustin built us an amazing new website a few weeks ago. It looks so good. And I feel so lucky to live with someone so talented and generous. So even if you're not interested in the class, just go give it a look so you can see what a great job Dustin did. (laughs) You should also give us a follow on Instagram at smallbizbigpick where you'll learn all kinds of other tips and tricks. And I'd like to thank as always my other half, Dustin Travis White for our music and audio support. Bye. 